Riverside Healthcare puts the health and wellness information you need well within reach. According to the CDC, about 6.2 million adults in the United States have heart failure. The way to help combat this is to become more educated on what heart failure is and how it can be treated. And that is exactly what we're going to learn more about today. Welcome back to the Well Within Reach podcast. I'm your host, Helen Danderand. And today I'm going to be joined by Cheryl Rogers, a nurse practitioner at Riverside's Heart and Vascular Institute, to dive into everything you need to know about heart failure. Healthcare can be confusing, but thanks to your My Riverside My Chart, you can easily manage not only your care, but your family's as well. With a single click, your My Riverside My Chart lets you stay well connected to the same information your provider sees. You can view your health history, get test results, request prescription refills, pay your bill, or make an appointment. Manage your care from anywhere, your laptop, phone, or tablet. Learn more and enroll today at riversidemychart.org. And we're back with Sherry Rogers. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted yes. to be here. Good, good. So let's jump right into heart failure. So let's start with the basics here. What is heart failure? So heart failure actually is a term that is used to describe the heart's decreased ability to pump oxygen around to the lungs. It's known as a syndrome, and it actually is something that can get a lot worse over time. There are a couple different types of heart failure. Actually, we have two sides of our heart. We have the right side of our heart and the left side of our heart, and they work together, but they can actually fail individually as well as at the same time. So it's definitely a condition that is a little bit scary to people, but I'm here today to hope to plant some hope and some understanding to know what we can do to deal with this. Got it. So what causes that? There are so many different causes of heart failure, and that's what makes my job very interesting and complex and several things that our heart does for us. But the causes to weaken the heart actually come from things like arrhythmias. People are familiar if they hear the term atrial fibrillation or atrial flutter, which is just the top of your heart beats separately at a different pace than the bottom of your heart. So that can make that muscle very confused and get weak over time. Also, uh, sudden cardiac arrest is another term that people are familiar with out in the community, sometimes because of television and whatnot. But obviously in that situation, the heart is very sick and there's something that stopped its ability to function and pump that blood. Heart valves are an issue for people. We have valves that pump blood to the heart, that bring blood back, let it into the heart, and those valves also can weaken over time. So those cause problem with fluid retention, fluid overload. People are very familiar sometimes with lung diseases. We have COPD, asthma, those types of things that actually put a stress on the lungs. So the lungs are connected to the heart and they all go together. That can cause heart failure. Pulmonary hypertension is another thing, which is a blood pressure in the lung that causes issues. Regular old hypertension, which is what we're all familiar with, high blood pressure, that's actually one of the number one causes of heart failure issues. Liver problems also can lead to heart failure, malnutrition, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, and then stress, which we're all familiar with stress. Yeah. So several causes that can play together individually, as I listed, or sometimes people are dealing with multiple of these problems. Yeah, well, that runs the gamut of so many things that could lead to that. 
So I guess that's like stressing the importance of making sure you stay on top of your health and knowing what's going on. But with all those things, what are the common symptoms that people have for heart failure? Yes. So sometimes these symptoms that I'm going to list off are very subtle and we would throw them off to just, oh, well, that's just a different kind of a symptom or I'll wait and see how it goes. But most often what people are used to experiencing is shortness of breath. A lot of times shortness of breath with your normal activity, which I used to be able to go up the stairs and not have to take a pause (laughs) at the top because I can't breathe. Or oftentimes people have trouble when they lie down to sleep Mm. and they don't realize they're having night wakenings and it's like why am I waking up but they're not cognizant to understand oh it's because I can't breathe so that's a typical symptom shortness of breath with activity generalized fatigue and weakness now we all run a really busy life and our calendars are full and we're running sometimes 18 hours plus a day so who's not (laughs) tired right who's not fatigued and honestly that's a lot of things when patients come to see me as we go retrospectively back to the last one to three or even six months they'll identify I have just been tired a lot of times patients do feel their heartbeat just rapidly taking off and it's an irregularity but it goes away it's like transient so they're like oh that was weird you know and then they go on with things but that's that atrial fibrillation starting to sneak in a lot of times it's decreased ability to even exercise if you used to be able to go to the gym and do your walk or do your light weights or whatever and just for whatever reason you're like darn, that is really hard for me now. Sometimes it's as simple as a persistent cough. Now, anytime you get an upper respiratory infection or something like that, I don't want anybody thinking, I have heart failure. But it's an individual symptom that can go along with some of these other things and just the wherewithal to go, wow, these things together just don't seem right. Maybe I need to go to the doctor. One other thing that people deal with that's one of the symptoms is a rapid weight gain. Sometimes patients come to me and say, I've gained 15 to 20 pounds in the last month. That's not really feasible in fat weight, (laughs) but fluid weight comes on. And that's another thing. It's like, then they come and they're just full of fluid everywhere. Mm. A lot of things that people are familiar with, swelling to your feet, sometimes to the abdomen. That's a sign of fluid imbalance, fluid overload. Again, going back to the heart's decreased ability to pump oxygen to the lungs creates these symptoms that come on. Sometimes it's nausea and lack of appetite because you're so full of fluid in the abdominal spaces that you don't have an appetite or hunger anymore. And then the other things, sometimes you can have decreased concentration or decreased alertness and then obviously chest pain also can be a symptom that the heart's in trouble for whatever reason. Wow. So that's a lot of symptoms. Some things that you would think of when you think of heart, some things you might not. So really good to know. And moving on from that, what are the treatment options for heart failure? So the goal always for treatment is to improve your heart function and improve its ability to push blood around so that we call it perfuse your organs or just to get oxygen everywhere. The biggest easiest thing to do, and I don't mean to say easy, but in thinking and putting thoughts together are lifestyle modifications. So think about moving more. You don't have to be a gymnast or a weightlifter (laughs) or somebody at the gym pounding it at 4 a.m. every day. Really, it's about moving blood through your body, using your muscles, walking as you can. The lifestyle modifications are 
key. Treating your high blood pressure. Don't forget your high blood pressure pills. Don't (laughs) let that appointment with the doctor get away from you. And now it's six months or a year. Or don't stop taking your blood pressure medicines because, again, high blood pressure is probably the most treatable key in preventing heart failure because Mm -hmm. you want to keep the blood moving through your body well, not at high pressures. And that's just really helpful all over to all of your organs in that. So along with lifestyle modifications, I would be remiss not to say healthy diet and not even diet, healthy eating. Yes. So more fruits and vegetables, more lean proteins, less carbohydrates, less of the white stuff that truly now the research that's coming out, they're showing like it's even a plant-based diet that people are saying is very helpful. Now, a lot of people that just turns off right away and you don't have to do plant-based, but a lot of times when I see people in the clinic, it's hard to change habits, right? So I talk about adding in good things before you actually try to get into the, I can't have this, I can't have that. And it's simply more fruits and vegetables and more proteins. And along those lines, I say eat from the rainbow. That's really an important key. (laughs) More color is better. If you're eating only green or only white or not even any colors of the rainbow, that's a big thing because overall heart health starts with nutrition. Also, the treatment options that we have, we know now, based upon a lot of research, medication management is key. So when patients come in to see me, I'll say 50% of balancing your health is right medicines, right time, not missing medications, and the other 50% is what you can do for yourself moving more eating well taking care of yourself rest decrease stress or find a stress management habit things like that and as far as medications the research is showing we do have gold standard medications now it's a better time than ever i would say if you're going <laughs> to suffer from something like this that we have the right drugs we have the right medications that we can offer to help rebalance everything and then along with the heart pump function you know there are extra things that sometimes people need sometimes people need a pacemaker if we talk about those arrhythmias we have therapies like that for a pacemaker defibrillator we actually have a very exciting therapy that's called the cardiomems and what that is is a small little chip I'll call it Mm. that goes in the vessel the lungs and what that helps us do it transmits fluid pressures in your chest so Mm. that transmits to a website that we go on and we can actually see real-time day-to-day are you collecting fluid in your chest are you dry are you balanced and that really helps us see things even ahead of time because it can help ward off a heart failure exacerbation so interesting it's really cool it's very very neat we have oh my goodness I think about almost 25 patients in the community who are implanted with the cardiomems. So it's really cool. It's a really nice therapy. It helps prevent heart failure hospitalizations. I tell my patients, it helps us know the right thing to do because we can actually see into your chest rather than guessing by your symptoms, which is challenging. I was remiss to start out and say 5.5 million people are affected by heart failure. And every year, half a million people are newly diagnosed with heart failure. Those are some staggering statistics. And so this awareness is key, this understanding the domain and what all we have to offer. And some people actually need heart transplants. 
because their heart is so sick. And we have those options too. We are connected with all of the hospitals in Chicago. We have places to refer to if that truly is what's happening to you. So I always tell my patients who come in and they're so scared and that I said, there is hope. There are therapies. There are things that we can do. So don't lose hope. And when they come in to see me, I say, I don't say heart failure. I say heart function. And we're going to rebalance your function. So within medicine now is the time that we have a lot of therapies and a lot of things that we can do for you. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break to talk about heart care at Riverside. The Riverside Heart Team is a skilled group of experts specializing in treatments that heal hearts throughout the region. Working together, the Riverside Heart Team is committed to preventing heart disease by bringing the latest, most effective treatments to Kankakee and the surrounding communities. For more information about Riverside Heart and Vascular Institute, visit riversidehealthcare.org slash heart at Riverside, your heart's in the right place. All right. So jumping back in, I think you kind of touched on this the last one, but I don't know if you'll have anything else to add here, but what can I do to prevent this or manage it, I guess? Absolutely. I wanted to circle back to that because I put it on again because this is the key. It's like cause and effect. So life balance is really important. And we know in today's world, it's really hard to be in balance. I talk specifically, even one or two positive changes that you can make can make a big, big difference when you're overall heart health. And I specifically specialize in the nutrition part of it. I said, putting more fruits and vegetables into your diet, controlling your blood pressure, monitoring your blood pressure. I I know a lot of times people are on blood pressure medicines and I say, so how's your blood pressure running at home? Well, I don't know. I don't check it. And hypertension is what they call the silent killer. So that's why you don't necessarily until it's really bad feel bad having high blood pressure but high blood pressure is one of the first things that hurts those valves in your heart as I spoke of before so that's why managing your blood pressure is really important to help the health of those valves and nutrition from a standpoint of Really, why I feel passionate about nutrition, especially if you're older getting heart failure, malnutrition is a big deal. And people can be malnourished and not recognize it. When I talk about nourishment, I think about the health of the cells, keeping your cells healthy. And that is more fruits, more vegetables, good proteins, having that cell strong so things can't necessarily attack it. And or when we start medications and stuff, you're in a good, strong place for them to work well for you. Absolutely. I think so many people, they associate eating healthy with just weight loss and like, well, if I don't need to, I don't need to, you know? And so realizing that it has to do with so much more, it has to do with your cells, it has to do with making sure you stay healthy longer is so important. Right, right. I know I try to put things in a positive perspective instead of deprivation perspective because it's hard. We're already stressed and now come in, I can't do this, I can't eat that, I can't do this. And so that's why I like to talk in those terms and say, let's look at what we can do. What is value added benefit? And because of the risk when you get older, your body doesn't necessarily tell you what it needs. It's just a normal aging factor. So we add things in and say, eat more vegetables. Oftentimes with older folks, sometimes we talk about the Ensure or Boost Mm. or Glucerna or something like that for diabetic patients, just to keep them well-rounded and give them some fight in their cells. And the prevention factor is really, it's a mindset as much as a can-do. 
and should do yeah, of things. So we also know preventing heart failure along with the heart health, obviously lower salt diets, very important. We live in a world where the fast food industry and the grocery stores and that, how do you preserve things and make them taste good? You throw a lot of salt on them. So that's a negative impact in the heart function world and it makes you retain fluid on a greater level. So that's again to the let's eat the fruits and vegetables vegetables. Let's pick the less processed things. Let's pick the lower sodium thing so we can make everything work the best for us. Absolutely. And when you add those things in, then you don't miss the other things. Correct. It's amazing how when you talk about adding good things in, when we eat more whole, or healthy, it's amazing how our taste buds wake up. It's amazing. I have patients all the time that will tell me they've gone through the journey and they're, you know, a year or two into it, stable, doing well, and they will recognize immediately if they take a bite of something that has more salt in it than needs be. So those things are very, very important as we desensitize our bodies to things that weren't healthy that we didn't even know weren't healthy. And overall, that helps your blood pressure. That helps everything. And then we do talk about with hearts, not over excessively drinking fluids, although that's a finer balance. And not everybody is on a strict, strict fluid restriction. But sometimes someone will say, oh, I know my aunt has heart failure and she can't drink this or she can't drink that. Those are the individualized things that we work on. So we, again, have the right thing for the right patient at the right time. Got it. So what are the important questions that if you maybe suspect you have this or if you do have this that you should be talking with your provider about? I think first and foremost, honesty is the best policy because oftentimes when we go into the doctor, there's subtle things in that list that I gave you. Lack of appetite, just tired all the time, a little bit short of breath when I go up the stairs. Sometimes we don't disclose enough to our doctors. Mm -hmm. I always recommend if you know you're going to a doctor appointment with problems, you write down three or four things because it's so easy for all of that to get past you in the short time of the appointment and you forgot to tell them or you forgot to say this. So the other thing I find out with the older generation who I love and adore, they have been keyed into toughen it out. There are mm-hmm. patients that just tough it out. And I say, it's not the time to tough it out now. You know, let us know how you're doing right. so we can meet you where you're at and figure out if we need to do more things. Medication compliance, as I mentioned, that's key because oftentimes we might let a prescription run out and be out of it for a while. And when you have heart function issues, If you make a break in your medications, like you're out for however long, it's very hard for that heart to compensate and get back to baseline when you Mm. get them filled. Call your doctor's office. Oftentimes, you know, I have patients say all the time, I called for a refill or the pharmacy is supposed to call for a refill. I feel like now more than ever, you need to be your own advocate. So definitely follow whatever the directions have been as far as those refills, but don't let more than a day go by. Right. And follow up, did you get my refill request? Do you know where it's at? Because it's tenuous, and those are just situations now that we're dealing with. The goals of management for heart function issue to talk about with your doctor, blood pressure control, weight balance, I call that, because... At a certain age, obviously we talk about, yeah, you should lose weight, but when that nutrition comes in factor, you don't want to be malnourished trying to lose weight. So we want to gain balance with eating the right things. Exercise, again, 
I say exercise responsibly, and that's not out at the gym every day, but that's actively moving. If it's even around your house and you're going to walk three laps around your house, or you go to the store and you make sure instead of getting the electric cart, if you can walk the first couple aisles, you know, any kind of movement is better. And then honestly, report your symptoms if you're starting to have symptoms, and then awareness of your family history, because sometimes we don't know all of that, and that's a big deal yeah. to come into your overall heart health. So what's my family's heart health? And we can't avoid sometimes there are preventable things and unpreventable things. And the genetics are one of the things we cannot change. Absolutely. All right. So I guess my final question here is what does the heart failure clinic here at Riverside do? And I think you kind of answered that, like I said before, with well everything we've talked about. But is there anything specific we should know that is special about it? Well, the heart failure clinic, actually, we are a heart failure program from the ACC. And we provide, I say it to my patients like this, you have your cardiologist. I work with your cardiologist on your treatment plan. And you come to the heart failure clinic for extra support, monitoring, lifestyle management, what are the things that we can help you with, outreach to other things that you might need at home that I'm able to help with. And a lot of times it's people coming out of the hospital, brand new diagnosis, or I thought I was doing everything right and it didn't work. I still ended up in the hospital. And the Heart Failure Clinic, we dive into those things to help get you to the right place with the right therapy, with the right Mm -hmm. treatment. Oftentimes people need other testing, a sleep test. I negated to say untreated sleep apnea, the cause of heart function issue. So oftentimes people haven't been able to get those tests. Again, medication education is key. Understanding, okay, well, Sherry, you gave me all these meds. What do they do? What are they supposed to do? And how do I know if they're working? That's where my clinic comes in to help with the heart doctor, making sure, especially if you've come out of the hospital, that your first three months we're getting you back to stabilization and baseline. And the Heart Failure Clinic manages the CardioMEMS program with the cardiologist. So like I said, I have about 25 patients that have implantable CardioMEMS. So checking them often and making sure we prevent hospitalizations. And at the least, sometimes we know that it's not your heart that's the issue when we have the cardiomems. So that's really cool. That's very, very nice. Monitoring lab work, lab chemistries are important when you come out of the hospital. The things that we did or changed, we need to make sure that they're still okay. How do we get back to your optimum dose? Lots of things. Add-on therapies. There's just a whole lot that goes on in the heart failure. That's amazing. I mean, really bridging the gap. I think that sometimes you can feel a little lost or scared not knowing who to ask these questions to or what exactly is going on with your body. So that's amazing that you guys are there for those patients. That's awesome. Yeah, we love our patients. Yes. Do you have anything else you want to add? I just think that overall what I tell my patients when they come in, you know, having heart failure or heart function issues is not a no-hope situation. It's definitely let us help you find the balance that's needed to address your individual symptom and your individual problem. Often patients might have to go for a procedure called a TAVR, which is the helping of the heart valves. We have a couple doctors locally that are fabulous that work with that. We provide that within the community now. So 
some people need open heart surgery. We have a full open heart surgery program, great people that work within that. I'm very proud of all of our cardiologists and I enjoy working with them. So we really can provide holistic care to people in our community. That is so great to know. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sherry. And thank you listeners for tuning in to the Well Within Reach podcast brought to you by Riverside Healthcare. For more information, visit riversidehealthcare.org slash heart.